Varner, your host of the She Needs Grit podcast. I am really, really pumped up for what I have in store for you this year. We are going to be diving into some amazing entrepreneurial stories. We're going to be talking all about how you can build your business, how you can have a business that supports the exact ideal dream life you're trying to create for yourself and your family and how you can do it while you make buckets of money. So settle in, buckle up, get some caffeine, and let's get started for 2023. guys, this is Sam from She Needs Grit Podcast. You know that because you have tuned in and I am here with a guest today and I'm really excited because we met, I don't know how long ago it was, about three weeks ago, maybe a month ago. And it was just one of those instant connections where I was like, okay, we need to talk more personally, but also let's get you on the podcast and and, uh, talk business a little bit. So Dawn, I'm really excited you're here. Thank you for joining me today in your crazy life. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Me (laughs) too. Um, So we really want to have this be kind of a conversation today that will help both that, not the entry-level entrepreneur necessarily, but there's always magic to be found when you're at the very beginning of your business and you're looking forward to where where you could get. But that person that's been working on their business for a while and has kind of, they've, you know, they've got some proof of concept, they're creating some revenue, they're, they're excited about that. What would you say is the number one thing that group needs to be doing? So what I would say and what I have found is that as we scale and as we're growing, we're so in the weeds and the day to day, like these are my tasks, these are what I need to get done, that we fail to plan for the next step. So what I love to say is as we're growing, it's important to, you know, think short-term and have short-term goals, but have long-term goals. What do those long-term goals look like? And inside of that planning, especially what does the staffing look like in those longer-term goals? And what can I do today that's going to set me up for success tomorrow? So whether that is today I'm going to start out by implementing a CRM to get all my clients in one place, even though with just me, this is totally overkill and it makes absolutely <laughs> no sense. Yep. But my three-year self is going to say, oh my gosh, it's time to hire someone. Look, all my stuff is already in one place and I can, yeah. the, the process of delegating, the process of onboarding, it's all there and it's already you know, there's probably some tweaks because none of us ever do it quite right in the beginning, but yeah. the foundation is there. And so really taking the time to plan out your future to some capacity and and make those small steps today that your tomorrow self is like, whew, girl, thanks for doing <laughs> that for me, you know? Yeah, I agree so much. So maybe give us a little insight on what has your business journey, like tell us <laughs> Tell us the trajectory of like from when you were like, and now I am a business owner to tell me what that looked like. Give me a little picture of how you got, how you got here. (laughs) Totally chaos. So 
like full disclosure, I never thought I would be here. I, when I graduated, I thought I was going to tow a company line somewhere and I was going to get that W-2 and man, like three weeks of vacation was like a sweet, sweet thing. Um, and as I matured through the firms that I was working in and I was doing all these things, I couldn't help but feel that there was something missing in the field that I, you know, my chosen field. It's, it's very technical. It's very driven by deadlines. It's just very transactional. And yeah, I kept seeing time over time that the like personalities of the people were lost. There was no real relationship. Things were happening with my clients that had I known them when they were actually happening to them, we could have done a lot of things, but we were so focused on billable hours that we were just really missing that human connection. And so as I progressed and as I was moving up, I was like, do it better. (laughs) And so I, about 2014, so nine Mm -hmm. years ago, I took that leap and I went out on my own, which was very scary. Mm -hmm. Um, And I focused on that personal connection. How can I have a relationship with someone to where my industry is very intimidating to most people. Most people are not super pumped to wake up and call their CPA. They're not like, hey, today's the day I get to talk about taxes or my accounting or whatever, you know. It's not some it's not like going to the estetician. It's like yeah. facial day, you know? Yeah. And so really cultivating a, a a business that while what we technically talk about and the work we technically do is intimidating, the interaction you have with me and my staff is a very comfortable interaction, one that doesn't give you anxiety. And so putting a human touch on a very not fun kind of business. And so that's been the goal of my business from the beginning. Um, I built this beautiful group and this beautiful community of people who I swear sometimes I get more from them than they get from me. <laughs> they're just they're so passionate and they're so fabulous. Um, and then inside of there, it's led to podcasts. And then I was asked to join a blow dry bar and just all of these like random things that um, have come to me because I've put myself in a place of uncomfortable frequently. Um, and always said yes to the conversation. And so that's kind of the backbone of everything we do is say yes to the conversation, interact with the people from a genuine place and see where that gets you. And so I, I chuckle about starting that CRM early because I'm actually in the process of building out a CRM that we've slowly been building out, but probably could have started that a little earlier. It would be so painful, um, because I've onboarded three new staff. And I think if I were to have done a couple of things earlier, like I tell my clients to do, Mm -hmm. sorry guys, um, it wouldn't be quite as painful of a process. And the onboarding is going to be a lot better. And Mm -hmm. I think a strong onboarding also keeps very happy um, employees. So I'm, I should practice more of what I preach is (laughs) is the humble things that are coming out of my mouth. (laughs) I feel like that's the (laughs) legit truth for if everybody was real honest about how they run their business and how they, um, what I teach my clients is what I know you need to do. Okay. I'm a hundred percent confident that my teachings and my coaching are like spot on. If I listened to myself (laughs) and did everything that I tell all of my clients to do with the consistency level, I hold them to. And I hold you to a really high consistency level, guys, because if you even hit 10% of that, it'll work. So, sorry. But, um, <laughs> again. but again, like it's, it's true, right? It's that mm-hmm. shoemaker's children problem, mm-hmm. 
right? Where you know what to do and I can teach you what to do. And I, I do it in my business. It's just, it could be a heck of a lot more efficient. And I'm a person too, right? We talk a lot about humanity in, in my coaching, in my, in my group, especially that there is the best laid plan. And then there's the human element that just keeps kicking itself Mm -hmm. up in your face, whether it's yourself or your kids or whatever. Um, But I do think the idea that, I think two things jumped out at me. I think the idea of like, do it earlier, right? I talk so much about like, not when you're struggling, when you've already hit capacity. So whether that's hiring or whether that's onboarding or whether that's um, bringing in bookkeeping help or Mm -hmm. accounting help and getting a CPA that is actually going to help you not just here's your P&L, like here, here's a bunch of sheets yeah. you can look at and you may or may not understand, understand them. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you get a CPA that you can have a real conversation, be like, first off, I'm going to raise my hand and say, I don't know what this means. Like, what does this actually show me? Mm-hmm. And how do I start making decisions in my business because I have my finger on the pulse of the finances? And right. that's critical. And I think that if you if you find much like everything else in life, if you find somebody you can actually communicate with, mm-hmm. it allows for greater use of their brain and their skill set in your business. If you feel intimidated by your person, your lawyer, your CPA, whatever, right. then you're in no position to ask questions. You're going to feel like a dumbass. You're going to feel like you're back in school and you don't know the answer. Mm-hmm. And it, you're kind of throwing money away doing it that way because if they can be and, your partner it's amazing and they're stre- and it stresses you out you know mm-hmm. i think that that's one thing so part of the, when i built out my practice one thing i was proud that i did um was i put on a very strong onboarding process because mm-hmm. i was fortunate enough to where i didn't have to take every single client who came my way and i recognize how you know amazing that is but yeah. i wanted to work with people who were they didn't have to really know what i was doing as far as they didn't have to have a background or an understanding of why, but they had to be willing to learn and they had Mm -hmm. to be willing to, you know, work through the process. And so I put an onboarding process in and some people won't even go through that process of that onboarding. And then that tells me that this is not a good relationship and I don't waste my time. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, one thing that I tell people is I could be the best CPA in the entire world. And if you're scared of me, I'm going to be no use to you. I'm not very scary. Yeah. So most people probably aren't very scared of me, but it doesn't matter if, you know, I start some meetings with some clients who have severe anxiety around what we do. And we have like a five minute meditation mm-hmm. at the end of it. I'm like, how do we feel? Do we need to reschedule? Can we move forward? Yeah. And that works for them. I have clients who show up with their therapists. I've had two clients who can only talk with me through their therapist. And you know what? Good for you for acknowledging yeah. that that is what you need. I'll never judge you for that. I think that is like so progressive and I I applaud you for understanding that that is what you need. And if you go to a a professional provider who is anything other than supportive of something that you need, find somebody else, find somebody that you trust, see who they use, find there, there is somebody for whatever quirk you may or may not have, there is somebody who will fit that relationship and, and finding that person will supercharge whatever you're trying to accomplish. Oh, it is so true. Um, and ask, I think, I think in your, your statement of saying like, always say yes to the conversation. I think it's also to like piggyback on that. It's also like always be looking for both the opportunity, but the opportunity to connect with people. Like when you, 
when we found each other, then what I did was I'm listening to your podcast, right? And I'm listening to, and I have a couple of your guests that you've had on your podcast. I'm like, ooh, I love what they're saying. I love that. I am the person who then reaches out to those people and says like, hey, you know what? I am chatting with Dawn. I listened to you on her podcast. I thought you were amazing. I would love to. There are so many opportunities that we're faced with that there is the right fit person, whether it's the CPA or the business coach or whatever, right? The acupuncturist, doesn't matter, whatever it is, (laughs) um, that gets presented to you and you think like, ooh, that something about that person caught my eye and made me think that could be great. I want to encourage everybody listening is like be ballsy and make the connection. Reach out and find out if that little glimmer of like, ooh, you seem cool, that's important, right? It's important yeah. to take that plunge and, and do that, and especially for the development of your business as much as, you know, your personal life as well. I think it's important in all of those aspects. You know, it's mm-hmm. especially when you're a business owner, so much of the time those things intersect so much. Yeah. Um, and and a lot of times clients kind of become friends because you spend so much time and you're so intimate with them about, for me, money yeah. is a very intimate subject. And so, absolutely, you know, a lot of times your banker and your CPA are the only ones who know X, Y, and Z about you. And so, you know, we're programmed not to be, you know, boastful and all these things. And so when you can speak to someone who already knows and it's, it just, sometimes those two worlds collide. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's important to, to be aware of that and be cognizant of all those relationships. Yeah, I think that's so good. Um, That's like the one takeaway. If people could just, if you stop listening right now, like that's the thing to take away. So thinking about that and thinking about your growth as a business owner and, you know, you talked a little bit about your team and that you're onboarding some new staff. Talk to me a little bit about going from what the, good and the bad of kind of going from the solo practitioner world into, okay, now I'm running a team. Tell me a little bit about your experience there and what we should avoid and or what we should look for. So I think for me, the thing that's been hardest is I've had to do a lot of self-reflection about who I am as a person, Mm -hmm. who I perceive myself as and who the outside perceives myself as. Because what I've found is those things don't actually always line up. And that was a... (laughs) That was a weird realization for me. And and so this has been a couple year process um, of like really identifying what I think are my strong suits and then what other people actually think are my strong suits. And so what I realized is coming up in the industry that I've come up in, it's very much a micromanager type mm-hmm. thing, right? And I hate nothing more than a micromanager. And so me too. I have found that I'm actually on the opposite end of that where I'm like, I trust you. It's going to be fine. And that is not helpful either. Yep. I know that lesson. It's Mm -hmm. hard because I never want someone to feel stifled and I never want someone to feel like I'm breathing down their neck. And I also don't want people to feel the stress that I've had other people put on me. And so, Mm -hmm. but what I've found is that if by not giving clear directive, estimated due dates, things of those nature, that's also very stressful. And so I've had a lot of self-reflection in, this is a business. This is how we all pay our bills. So I have to, I have to find some medium of just pure communication, right? So mm-hmm. what I've done is I I talk with all of my staff pretty regularly about how are you feeling? Are there things I can do better? Like I legitimately want to know, like, are there things that suck? 
because I yeah. want to Where because am I, I failing you? Yeah. Because I will actually do my best. Be to- gentle. Yeah. Yeah. But I actually care. And I want this to be, if there's a technology that makes this better, if there's a communication that you need from me that makes it, tell me, don't be afraid mm-hmm. of me. I, I want you to tell me, I never want you to be searching for another job if there's something that I could have done better. And so that was kind of my first, <laughs> that was hard. Yeah. Um, and then I think the other things that have been hard is there's so many things that I just do because I can and I don't have to report to anybody. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I really realized as I was putting together all of my client list was I do quite a bit of pro bono work, which is mm. great, but I don't know that I realized the magnitude of how much I was doing. Yeah. Because as opposed like, to choosing, as opposed to saying like, as a corporation, we are going to decide to do a portion exactly. of it and intentionally do it, right? Exactly. Because when I yeah. started hiring and I'm having to pay somebody, that's a different conversation. And, you know, as my kids get older, I'm taking away time from my children. So mm-hmm. really being selective, and it's very important to me, the the thought of helping people who can't afford or whatever, like that's an important part. Of it. And so that's not something that we're doing away with. It's just, I need to be more intentional about it. Yeah. Um, and we also have staff that's kind of all over the country. And so- one of the things that's important to me is I don't care how long your butt is in your chair or when your butt is in that chair, if I can get a hold of you when I need you and your projects are done on time. Yeah. I don't care. Um, if you want to fish all morning, <laughs> take an early lunch, and then work until midnight, I don't care as long as in there somewhere, if I need you, I can get a hold of you. So um, it's kind of just been identifying what can I give you so that you can do the best you can do. What am I not doing in my mind that I think is so fantastic, but is really driving you up the the, the wall? Yeah. Um, but also just acknowledging that like stuff happens, right? Especially like mm-hmm. I have children, and so it's never convenient when they're sick or you know nope. do whatever they do. It's never convenient. Um, but I think for me, the biggest thing was realizing that the way I view myself mm-hmm. is not necessarily the way the, the outside world views myself, and that was that came actually from my blow dry bar where every time my staff would see me, I was very done and blazer wearing it. And, you know, like yeah. very professional woman. And they don't see me the way my assistant sees me, which is generally I wear joggers and like a t-shirt. So, you know, yeah. it just, it's a very interesting way to, to self-reflect. And then also I had to switch over from knowing that I was the solo practitioner. I was doing everything start to finish to being 